Will you please welcome our guest moderator, Ready One DJ, Edith Bowman. Hi. What a crowd. Thank you all for coming down. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, I'm not going to waste any time. Let's take a look uh, at the trailer for this uh, incredible film. Far to the east, over ranges and rivers, lies a single solitary peak. The dwarves are determined to reclaim their homeland. I like visitors as much as the next hobbit. But I do like to know them before they come. Visiting. Mr. Baggins? At your service. Hmm? I'm surrounded by dwarves. What are they doing here? Oh, they're quite a merry gathering. So, this is the hobbit. You asked me to find the 14th member of this company, and I have chosen Mr. Baggins. Me? No, 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 no. Hobbits can pass unseen by most if they choose, which gives us a distinct advantage. We will seize this chance to take back Erebor! Yeah. Here, Mr. Melbo, where are you off to? I'm going on an adventure! Mithrandir, why the halfling? Why Bilbo Baggins? Perhaps it is because I'm afraid. And it gives me courage. So this is your purpose? To enter the mountain? What of it? There are some who would not deem it wise. A dark part has found a way back into the world. Why don't we have a game of riddles? And if it loses, what then? Lose as precious that we eat it. If Baggins loses, we eat it whole. Fair enough. I will take each and every one of these dwarves over the mightiest army. Loyalty, honor, a willing heart. I can ask no more than that. Home is now behind you. The world is ahead. Well, that could have been worse. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Ian McKellen, Andy Circus. Richard Armitage <coughs> and Martin Freeman! Hello. Thanks. Hello, uh, sir. Are you sure? <coughs> Thank you all for being here uh, in front of this very excited crowd here today at the Apple Store. Um, where to start? Um, Martin, can we start with you? Yes. Is that okay, please? Yes. Um, um, this is this is you giving your interpretation of of Bilbo. Yeah. You you were given that you know the chance to show us this gentleman that we know and love already, but in a younger life sort of thing. Yeah. Was 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 there an element of of you being allowed to bring that to life and, and inject what you, how you saw him into it? Uh yeah definitely I mean it, it was it was all uh it was all that you know um Pete expects you to come with what you've got to bring and I mean he expects that with all of us and. Uh, and it's, as usual, it's a collaboration between what he thinks, what you think, and what Tolkien has written, and what um, the adaptation uh, provides. So I, I felt I had very free reign with it. But at the same time, of course, as you say, <clears throat> 
it's partly been established cinematically before by Ian Holm uh, years before. So I kind of I looked closely at what Ian did. I rewatched the films with great pleasure actually, and just pressed pause and rewind on Ian Holmes bits you know <laughs> and just saw what I could use I mean I, you know just what is useful and what is playable you know yeah. I wasn't going to tie myself up in knots thinking I've got to do every single thing with a view to how Ian Holmes would have done it mm. but um, there are, if there, there are little vocal ticks or physical uh, things that I can throw in there to, to kind of let the audience think okay this is the same person then I, I was able to use that was it quite weird watching those knowing that you were about to enter that world in a way as well in terms of yeah, I guess. I guess so. I mean, I, I honestly think they're, they're, they're so strong as films and they, are, they, they do their job so well in sort of transporting you that even at that stage, I wasn't kind of freaked out. I genuinely wasn't freaked out by the thing of I'm going to be in it. It was just like you, you lose yourself as a punter. And I, st I watched Return of the King yesterday, you know, the, all four hours of it, like, <laughs> um, just for pleasure. <laughs> um, and... and uh, I did, I honestly did. I honestly did, yeah. Yes, because I knew I was seeing Peter and I wanted to suck up to him. <laughs> but no, I genuinely, because my son said, can we watch Lord of the Rings? I said, yeah, which one? And I just, you know, because I, I like that one because it's got how, how we see how Gollum becomes Gollum at the beginning and I really like that. Speaking of which, there's mm. an amazing scene with you two in, oh, in this. It's, it's quite spectacular. And, and you, you, you did this as, a, as, as one scene. You know, it was the first thing you shot. That's right, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, that's right. It was the first, in fact, it was the very, very first day of 276 days of shooting. Um, Pete thought it'd be a good place to start. Uh, it's, it's the riddles in the dark passage from, from The Hobbit. And, uh, and, and we did, did exactly that. We treated it like, a, you know, one continuous piece of theatre. So, mm. so Martin was exploring the world of playing Bilbo Baggins. And, uh, you know, Pete thought it would be... Uh, Call to for the for the for the you know for the crew to settle back into the Middle Earth experience uh, with that with that very very intense scene and um, and so we used to, we just basically over the course of about ten days we mm. we filmed uh, we sit, we sort of literally started and went to the end of the scene which is about a twelve minute scene just just time after time and and Martin you know we, we, it was a fantastic way of working actually mm. really thrilling yeah it was lovely it helped me discover who Bilbo was. And because uh, you're, you're playing Bilbo in a life and death situation, and that's a, it's a it's a more interesting way of finding out who he is than you know a sort of city down scene. This was like him in extremis, mm. and that's a it's a good way to find him. Um, Peter Jackson said it was so important to him because this film also brought back characters that we've seen yourself, obviously, and and, and Gollum as well. But mm. um, you know, he said if 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 you weren't willing to come back, he probably wouldn't have directed the film. Uh, that's not what he told me <laughs> <laughs> when we were doing negotiations, I wrote. <laughs> I will, very well remember the email which made it very, very clear that uh, John Hurt was standing by <laughs> and, and a lot of other actors who could have played Gandalf, but anyway. Well, that's very sweet of him, and I, I, I know. I, e equally, I, I could say that uh, I wouldn't have come back to play Gandalf if... Um, Peter Jackson hadn't been directed it, but that's not true because I was very prepared to do it with Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Richard, for you, what was it like stepping into to this? You know, this world that there is family there already in terms of going across to New Zealand and becoming part of this, but but in terms of bringing Thorin to life. I mean, it was amazing, and I was a fan of the books and the trilogy. Um, so to go to New Zealand with all of that trust already in place was brilliant, and all of his crew come back and work with him time and time again. He inspires loyalty in, in everybody. So I kind of took a bit of that for, for my character. Um, but yeah, it was thrilling. And we really were made to feel so welcome and part of his family. 
He couldn't have picked a taller man for a dwarf as well. I know, he? that's what I said on the phone when, when they asked me to come audition, yeah. Um, right, we're going to throw out some questions and we'll come back and get those clips when they're ready. So who has a question in our audience? Young man right there with a great scarf on. How difficult was it getting the height proportions correct? Who's that question to? Anyone? Getting the height proportions correct. How well, it, it can be absolute misery because... Um, there are various ways of doing it, but the most extreme way of doing it is for the, the, the actors who have to be taller to be separated from the actors who have to be smaller, and you're in different parts of the same studio with a camera photographing uh, each of you, uh, and which means that the actors can't see each other's faces and have to have their words, the other person's words coming through an earpiece. Mm. And... Uh, uh, I think all actors agree that, that they're only really happy if they're, they're able to look into the eyes of, 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 of um, whoever they're acting with and, and, and so things can be spontaneous and that's what you want in a film. Mm. Uh, so a lot of imagination had to go on and, and uh, it really did stretch your technical ability. It's mm. not always as bad as that, but mm. uh, that's, that's not easy at all. I didn't find it. Mm. Next question, please. Lady there with the... Um, this is a question for Andy, and I absolutely loved your book on being Gollum. I've read it about five times. Um, oh. <laughs> I read it for the first time when I was about 12 and got told to stop rereading it. Oh. Um, but <laughs> I was just wondering if you would ever write another one, maybe from the perspective of being a second unit director, because I would love to read that. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, th I mean, that was, that was an extraordinary... Yeah, th I mean, just for those of you who don't know, um, uh, a big surprise, or part of my unexpected journey... <laughs> I had to get that in, but... Um, <laughs> Sorry, sorry, it's really tedious. I have said that a few times. Um, but no, it was... Peter asked me to direct the second unit sort of literally a month before principal photography started, um, which is a, a real honour and a great challenge. And um, so, I, so I, you know, I thought I was going back to do Gollum for two weeks and ended up being down there for, for a year and a half directing for 200 days and, and got to work with these incredible guys. And, uh, and, and I mean, it was a truly extraordinary um, situation because... I've been heading towards directing for some time, but normally when you start off, and your, your kind of debut feature as a director is, is, is like you're shooting for about 30 days with, with, with one camera and a, and a bunch of actors in maybe two or three locations. And that's what I thought was going to happen. And then uh, literally I got an email from Peter saying, come, come down and do this. So suddenly faced with um, you know, huge crew, 150 crew and, and technocranes and 30, you know, uh, 48 frames a second and 3D and shooting aerials and battle sequences and working on, on scenes with, the, with fine, fine actors. So it was, a, it was a real challenge. And I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's probably something I'd ever write a book about, but, um, but, uh, but it was a, a truly, memorable, um, truly memorable experience. How would you feel about directing yourself? That's, a that's quite... I mean... You do, uh, you know, actors sense, do, you do actually. Yeah. I mean, to, to be honest, I think we all probably d did on this movie in t to a certain extent. You know, you, I mean, Peter chooses self-reliant actors, people who, you know, actors who can make choices, who aren't just, who, who, who are a combination of very good listeners and can collaborate, but at the same time, you know, um, what he loves as a director is being able to, we did this thing called, because um, we're shooting digitally, we, we could 
do rolling resets, which means you don't have to stop everything and then and then uh, you know sit down and talk about it each time. He, we just literally reset positions, and because you're not wasting film, you could just literally roll the camera, and and, and it works fantastically well, doesn't it, mm. as, as yeah. an actor yeah. for, for for trying out new things, and that's that's the way that Peter <coughs> loves to work is getting millions of choices so that when he goes to edit the film, he can the writing process sort of continues on, and and that was what he encouraged me to do as a, a, a second unit director was to, to, to do the same thing. Do you have an equally as uh, nice way of asking everyone to take another take? Because what so he has he's a little phrase, doesn't he? He, he says one more for luck. luck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, yeah, I tried to do that, but never really paid attention. <laughs> no one's as nice as Peter, basically. Um, we're going to show this clip now. What is it, precious? What is it? My name is Bilbo Baggins. Bagginses. What is a Bagginses, precious? I'm a hobbit from the Shire. Oh, we like goblinses, batses and fishes, but we hasn't tried hobbinses before. Is it soft? Is it juicy? Now, now, keep, keep your distance. I'll use this if I have to. I don't want any trouble, you understand? Just show me the way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way. Wow, is it lost? Yes, yes, and I want to get unlost as soon as possible. Oh, we knows. We know safe paths for hobbies. Safe paths in the dark. Shut up! I didn't say anything. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> you really play on that, um... Who, who does the voice for a uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, this, this, this old guy who hangs around the station. <laughs> you really play on that kind of, um, that double thing in this, and it's just, it's brilliant to watch kind of mm. unfold. It was, I mean, that was something that really evolved during Lord of the Rings, actually, the whole, the sort of the uh, separation of, of Gollum's personality into two, into Smeagol, the, the kind of the naive, sort of innocent side of his personality, which actually ends up being the more man manipulative, sort of passive-aggressive side, funny enough, but, well, not funny enough, but, you know. um, but, but at, at this point... Um, it, uh, uh, so we just so because in the book of the Hobbit, it, 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 in fact, it is just Gollum really. Um, but we wanted to keep that so that when Bilbo comes along and 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 comes and meets him for the first time, he's faced with this dual personality, with, which would provide more, you know, more confusion and more weirdness than uh, than if it, if it were possible. Let's get some more questions. Let's go over this side. If there's uh, anyone over there who wants to, this is for Mr. Circus. Um, I just watched a video where you explained uh, motion capture technology a little bit, and um, it seems like you've kind of become an expert in that area. Was that a decision for you to take those kind of roles, and is there anything you like in particular about it? Um, I, I, when, when we finished Lord of the Rings, I fully expected just to return to traditional acting, and I thought that would be the end of it, because there wasn't like, I, didn't, I just thought, in a way it was weird, I just thought that technology was invented for that role. It didn't really occur to me that there would be a, Anything else beyond that? Um, and but literally on the on the last one of the last days of sh doing the reshoots on Return of the King, Peter asked me to to do King Kong, and I was just like, "Are you kidding?" <laughs> so, 
So that then opened up, and once, once that, that was a real watershed kind of moment because I realised actually that this technology could be used. It's such a liberating tool for actors. It enables you to, you know, you're not, you're not dictated by your own physical size or shape or colour or, you know, whatever. You, you can play anything. This is a liberating tool, and that's why I love it, and that's why I've become really, you know, uh, so adamant about, uh, you know, sort of uh, propelling it forward as a... As a because it's, it's not really a type of acting, it's just, it's, it's a technology which enables you to play many, many different roles. And that's uh, what, what, I, what I've fallen in love with about it, is that it's really about creating an inner life, which is what we all do. It's just a different way of manifesting it on screen. So, yeah, I, I, I'm all for it. Next question. Lady down in front, yeah. This is for Martin. Um, I was just wondering what the most rewarding and most challenging thing is about filming in New Zealand. Are you from New Zealand? No, I'm from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, the rewarding thing. The rewarding thing. It's not a serious question, is it? <laughs> um, the rewarding thing is, excuse me, is that it's very beautiful and it's very easy to work. They make it easy to work there. They're a very friendly bunch. Um, it's familiar for Brits as well because it, it, it's quite um, Anglo in its feeling. Um, the challenging, the challenging thing is just logistically. If you're not from the Antipodes, then it's a long way, you know. So <laughs> the, the, the challenging thing is being away from your family and home for eighteen months, give or take. Uh, but yeah, that was all. And uh, yeah, also the fact that no one can dress up ever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's all rugby shorts and jandals, man. It's just too <laughs> <clears throat> you know, wear a pair of shoes occasionally, please. <laughs> get the laces in something, you know. <laughs> Uh, that would be the challenging bit, but the, the, the positives way outweighed the, the negatives. It was a, a very, very welcoming, genuinely welcoming place to work. And also people want to know that you're enjoying it, don't they? You know, I've never been asked in my life as much, you know, how do you like our country? They, they want to make sure that you're having a good time in their country, which is very sweet. And is it a case of, of kind of Peter's got this set up now over there that you literally walk in and he has everything there that he needs for, for these incredible productions? It's... It's all set up. Kind of, to go. yeah. Yeah, he's got his own little kingdom there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jackson Kingdom. Mm. Um, next question, please. Lady, should we go this one first, then you can pass it back to that lady there. Hi. Um, <laughs> jumping ahead from the movie to onto like, the DVD release, um, <laughs> one of my favourite things about the original trilogy is the, um, the cast commentary with the Fellowship and some of the other cast members. Can we expect commentaries from the entire company of dwarves? Um, Richard. <coughs> Richard. <laughs> I have to be honest, my contribution to the, to the um, on-set photography in that way was, was probably, uh, I was a little bit reticent about it. I, I find it difficult to, to not talk to a camera as, uh, as Thorin. But mm. yeah, you'll certainly get an awful lot from most of the dwarves. <laughs> That's what I'll say. It very much felt like a kind of <coughs> friendly gang mentality yeah. between yeah. you all. Yeah, I mean, we, we went through a boot camp for six weeks of training, of learning how to move like dwarves and fight like dwarves. One of our stunt team was like a champion wrestler, and I, I remember going through this whole period of like wrestling with each other and finding a, a kind of physical language, which actually you see in Bag End when... Um, maybe you guys haven't seen the film, but Dwalin and Balin meet and, uh, and make contact in a certain way, which, which you'll see when you... Um, when you see the film, but that came out of an improvisation uh, of wrestling, and uh, so yeah, the bonding was was uh, was great and happened on set and off set as well. <laughs> um, 
one of your fellow George was saying today that it got to the point where because you spent so much time in makeup and in character when you were not in makeup and in character you kind of didn't recognize each other yeah so, I mean is that again it's true, and I, I used to kind of cycle into the to the studio and, and walk through the gates, and they'd always ask me for my ID because I, I guess you know the crew don't recognise you because they only see you in that in that get up, and uh, I kind of like it though. I thought I thought it was good. I like the transformation, and it's uh, good. Okay, you got the microphone? Yes, go for it. Um, this is for Richard as well. Um, I remember reading that you once said you often give a bit of yourself to a character. Um, do you think, as different and as varying as your range of characters that you so far have played have been, do you think you've taken a piece of each of those characters to play Thorin as probably one of your biggest roles so far? Yes, I think so. I think that every, everything you do kind of leads up to the moment that you're in, and, and you do go back, and I look over past work that I've done, and, and it, it all kind of adds to the same marinade that you try and bathe the character in, but... With this one, I found his kind of cantankerous nature the most challenging because I wanted him to be appealing to me. And, and I found myself in the book for a while disliking him. And, and, I, and I do think Tolkien rolls his eyes at him occasionally because he, he does go on and on and on and he's very verbose. But, um, but, but we worked to try and find likable aspects of him. But, um, yeah. Next question. Yes, I, I have tried to see and look for all the trailers, scenes uh, I could. And the one that was really impressive for me is when they're in the Bilbo house and Gandalf introduced Bilbo, all his new fellows for the, for the journey. So, Ian, I would like to know, how, how did you manage to remember all those names? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and uh, I, well, I did learn them. Um, I, I'm not sure. I could rattle them off. I won't bore you with that. But I, what would be difficult would be to remember who played them as well. I mean, the, <laughs> the characters are easier to learn than, than the actors' names. And the, the scene in which the, the scene you're talking about, when, when Gandalf is counting off the dwarves, it was my suggestion actually. I said, I think the audience is going to want to try and identify who these guys are. They've met them once, but wouldn't it be good to repeat it again? And uh, we, we do it another time in the movie uh, as well, which you haven't seen. Um, there we are. That's all I've got to say about that. I think. <laughs> We've got. We'll, we'll show that other clip right now, actually, because oh, it's a good example. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> a great leading. Okay. So a, a yeah. great example of them all being together in a, in Bilbo's house. Give him no. a contract. Warren, please. We're off. It's just the usual summary of out-of-pocket expenses, time required, remuneration, funeral arrangements, so forth. Funeral arrangements. Oh. Up to, but not exceeding one fourteenth of total profit, if any. Seems fair. Uh, present company <laughs> shall not be liable for injuries inflicted by or sustained as a consequence mm, thereof, no. including but not limited to yeah. lacerations, evisceration, incineration. Oh, I am at the flesh off your bones in the blink of an eye. You're right, laddie. Huh? Yeah, I feel. Feel a bit faint. Think furnace with wings. Oh, yeah, I, I need air. Flash of light, searing pain, then poof! You're nothing more than a pile of ash. <laughs> nope.
got time for a few more questions. So who, uh, hands up for uh, questions if we can see. Sorry, uh, just wondering, um, how long did it take to get everyone like dressed up in the morning and stuff, like, especially the dwarves and just everyone? <laughs> um, each dwarf took about two and a half to three hours. Some took longer. So it was on a, they, they'd kind of call people in in waves. Um, so some, most calls in the morning would be 4.30 to be on set for nine. But that was the first call. The second call was about six to be on, on set for nine or 9.30. So they would stagger it so that you'd arrive on set in, uh, in order. But it was a military maneuver getting those dwarves. It wasn't just the hair and makeup. It was kind of getting them ready into mm. the costumes. And at the end of the day, the... Um, the stench that, in, that, that came out of the portacom, the smell of dwarf, was, was really <laughs> rank. There's a fragrance there, surely yeah. it needs to be released. Oh, the dwarf. Oh, the dwarf. <laughs> there, was, there was kind of crazy cooling machines that some of them had to wear. Yeah, we all wore these. Um, they're like vests that they give to racing drivers that you can plug into a cool pack, so it sort of lowers your body temperature because we were constantly overheating mm. and... Uh, we were very well looked after. There was a cooling tent on set as well that they used to zip us into. But I'm, I was convinced that it was to stop the smell of dwarf kind of wafting over the soundstage. <laughs> uh, next question. Right. Uh, what, how did the, the director make you feel at home without the, um, the, the you know, without without anything connected to finance, but on a, maybe on, a, on an emotional and spiritual and intellectual level, how did the director make you feel at home or comfortable? And did you have any major battles with the director? And, and can you tell us a bit about those, maybe in a humorous way? Um, this is a question for, for all of the actors here. Um, oh, we could be here I know, a long I know, very quickly, you know, it'd be interesting. Thanks. The, the, the most... Uh, the easiest way in, in which you're made to feel at home when you're filming in Wellington is, is that you are living probably no more than 10 minutes by car from where you will be working. That's very unusual. If, if you're filming in this city, in London, uh, I live in the East End and I, I get to get to Pinewood, that's probably two and a half hours to get there and, and two hours coming back. That's four and a half hours of travel, mm. 20 minutes there and back. So, uh, and you bump into people at the weekends. I mean, you're all living in a, in a small place. Everybody in New Zealand knows these films are happening and cares about them. They've probably got a relative working on the movie if they're not working on it themselves. All that makes you feel at home and relaxes you, and it just feels like the most expensive home movie uh, ever made. <laughs> uh, but in a good sense, that focuses your attention. Yeah, yeah, and they and they they're very welcoming to your family. You know, when when people come and visit, they're, you know, it's always with open arms. You know, they always kind of come round and bring goodies round, and you know, they're very good with, yeah, mm. with kids, with extended family, and it, they they take more care of that than any other production I've known. What about that question though with Peter in terms of of you know going to him with things with questions that you have or or you know. Ian, you, you said, oh, yeah, I suggested that we, we did that thing of we ran through the dwarfs' names again. Is, is Peter very much open to, to discussions like that, to, to you going to him with, with questions? Or it's I'm not a question, sure. I found it was a question of timing. I mean, yes, he's very open to uh, contribution from, from everybody. Of course, it's collaborative business filmmaking, but the actors do arrive rather late in the process after the sets have been designed, the costumes made, the makeup decided the script written, uh, but if you can just get in at that vital moment and pop into his mind, wouldn't it be a good idea if, 
you, 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 you'll be lucky, but you, you might arrive a day late when things have been decided and... Uh, do you find that, or was he was he open? No, no. I think he's very open at, at the time. I don't. I'm not as clever as you, so I don't think of those. I'm not, but I don't think of those questions in advance like you do. You always <laughs> ask really, really intelligent questions that I wish I'd thought of, but um, but my questions tend to be so kind of. In my questions are quite last minute. Yeah. I think, yeah. I'll, yeah. Tell you, I'll tell you one thing though. He is one of the most collaborative directors in the sense that. Uh, what, as a wider company, if someone comes up with a good idea on the set, and whether it be a, you know, a, a runner or a, or a person doing the greens or doing the, you know, people people do feel incredibly valued as as a crew, mm -hmm. and are, are not, um, you know, they might with other filmmakers be to totally deferential, but with P Peter Jackson has got this ability, and Framwash and the whole team have got this ability to to value or make everyone feel valued on the crew, so they, they everyone works immensely hard to make these films mm. happen. And, um, and because they, because I think, because if they genuinely have a really fantastic idea, then they can actually go up to him, and that's that is quite rare. Let's get this little guy right here. Go on, sir. Uh, this one's for Ian. Um, how did it feel to get back with some of the old cast, like Andy and some other people? Like we don't know who everyone Elijah. is. <laughs> well. When I, when I saw Elijah, I almost burst into tears. I mean, he's, he looked exactly the same, and <laughs> <laughs> which is incredible. And, and the same for Elijah is sweetness through and through and through. He, he, uh, and, and his spirit and his wanting to be involved in, yeah. in, in this movie. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we saw him again last week in, in New York. And wasn't he at the opening in, in yeah, uh, yeah. New Tokyo. Zealand? Yeah. Uh, his support for us is, is, is very precious. We never get to work together, which is a, a great pity, uh, the old team. But the, the, the one member of the old team who I, I got to re-meet, well, actually, I didn't meet her at all. I, I met her at a party. It was um, Kate Blanchett. We were in the same scene at the end of The Hobbit, we, uh, the, the Lord of the Rings. We, we, we go off together in that boat. I don't know where we're going, actually. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think we're still, we've not got there yet. <laughs> but we weren't in the same studio when, when we were so, shot separately. But then she comes back and Hugo Weaving, they'd just been doing a play together. I know about plays and we were discussing that. She runs a theatre in... In, in, uh, in Sydney, uh, we had lots in common. Um, we were always nipping out to have a dirty fag together. Um, <laughs> I'm not referring to a dwarf. And the affection which we, we rapidly got for each other, uh, uh, you can see on the screen, and, and they, uh, you'd swear that Gandalf and Galadriel <laughs> And actually, they were. It was lovely. <laughs> Yeah, your face when she appears in this film, you mm. kind of like swoon. It's lovely, yeah. Yeah. Swoon when she appears yes. on the screen. Yes. Was there obvious, obvious points for where each film was going to, you know, the first film was going to finish and the second film was going to start in terms of how Peter and his team decided on that? Well, it's very... Um, it's a very, very organic process working with uh, these particular filmmakers. They, they, the writing process, as we will all attest to, changes. You know, I mean, every single day there are rewrites. So you can't, you can't, and, 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 and that's, I mean, it's very clever because they're, you know, most, most, um, you know, screen, screenplays arrive and, and they're there and you, you learn them and that's it. But 
when, when there's this kind of size of project and things can move and shift and change and characters can, can develop and, and, you know, they, re they really, it, it's, like, it's like a concerto, really. And, and it's, you know, in, in, in three um, movements. And, and, it, and it, of course, this was originally going to be two films. So there was a particular structure to it. And, of course, we, we have shot so much material, so much wonderful material and lots of great detail. And, and as I say, uh, you know, you're, you're bringing up different characters in the mix. And, and, and so that the, the actual structure has changed and it's become three films now. So, uh, so you, you, set out with a, you set out with a particular idea, but you have to be, as a filmmaker, you have to, you have to be really, um, you know, if you're working in this way, you have to be holistic about it. And, you know, and, and as characters shift and change, then so does the structure of the whole thing. Right, well, uh, it's out uh, in, uh, in about a week's time, I think it's the 14th? It's the 13th. 13th, 13th. 13th of, t of the 12th of December. Um, and I actually shouted at the screen, no, at the end, because we've got a whole other year to wait for the next one. Uh, um, you're in for such a treat, and we've had such a treat having you all here this evening. Thank, thank you. you so oh, much. Like and Thanks, thank folks. you for your lovely questions as well. Thank you. Thank you. A huge round of applause, please. Richard Armitage, Martin Freeman, Andy Sharkis, and Ian McKellen. Thank you, Jim.